0: Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D. Welcome to the Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast. Join me every Thursday for some much needed encouragement, coffee, and conversation. It's my prayer this podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Hey, if you're blessed each week by our podcast, Coffee with Carrie, then make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe, and take a sip of coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. And then share our podcast with some of your homeschooling friends who might need a little encouragement too. You can also find me at Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think, no, I know, you're gonna be encouraged. Hi moms, I have a feeling you are listening to this week's episode because you might be stressing out over teaching your child to read. Welcome, I'm glad you're here and listening and I can also promise you this, your child will learn how to read. Your child will go off to college or start his first job potty trained, walking, talking, and reading. So why do we homeschool moms stress out so much over teaching our children to read? Maybe because we know reading is the foundation for all other learning. So it isn't surprising that many moms agonize over this task of home education. I know I did. And I did it often, (laughs) and I was usually followed by lots of second-guessing, self-doubt, and expensive curriculum binge-buying. But here's a little secret, moms. There is no best reading curriculum. There's only the best homeschool reading curriculum for you and for your child. Whichever one gets the job done, why, that's the best one and many moms don't even need a formal reading curriculum when teaching their children to read anyway. Let me assure you of this. Whatever reading program you decide to use, or if you decide to not use a formal one at all, your child will learn to read. I promise. Some children may need some extra help if they have a learning disability or if they're late bloomers, but there's a curriculum or a method out there that will work for your child. Now, before we talk about how to get on this road to reading, let me share with you another important secret. There is no magic age to learn to read. The so-called experts say that your child should be reading by age five, and if they're not reading by third grade, why, somehow they're being left behind. Not every child is ready to read at the same time. Some won't teach themselves how to read as early as four and five years old. Most will slowly learn to read with the help and encouragement of a mom or a teacher. And there are some that won't learn to read until they're 11 or 12. And all of this is okay. Actually, based on the science and child development research, many children aren't physically ready for the act of reading or the physical eye strain of reading until third or fourth grade. If you haven't read the classic book by Dr. Raymond Moore called Better Late Than Early, get it today and read it this week. It will calm your fears about reading and it will help silence your harshest critics. Trust me, I know how hard it is to have well-meaning family members and close friends constantly asking, why isn't she reading yet? Or, you know, he should be reading by now. Are you sure you're doing it right? So let me tell you again, moms, your child will learn to read. And there are three key components to helping your child get on this road to reading. The first one is read aloud to your kiddos, even through the high school years. The second one is to have amazing conversations with them, which also includes some narrations. And three, and most importantly, be patient. Now, I know it sounds too good to be true and too simple to work. Now, remember, I didn't say it would always be easy. Some kids require more instruction and help than others. But the key to all of this is patience. And moms, please don't push your kids and don't rush them. Have confidence in the learning process. God created your child as a learning machine. He or she will learn to read. Now, with a few other inexpensive supplies and a library card, you can teach your child to read with read-aloud time, with amazing conversations, and with a lot of patience. And here's another little secret, moms. The best reading program out there is reading aloud to your kids. This truly is the best way to teach your child spelling, writing, vocabulary, grammar, and yes, how to read. So read aloud every day, and I mean read anything and everything, and try to make going to the library a weekly or a monthly treat, and fill up those library bags and make reading and reading aloud a priority. The best part of this reading curriculum is that it's free. You have just about every early reader, chapter book, and classic at your fingertips for free when you use your library card. Now, three of my favorite resources for book recommendations and how to use reading and read aloud time to spark engaging conversations is, first of all, the Read Aloud Family Book by Sarah McKenzie, and then, of course, Sarah McKenzie's Read Aloud Revival website and her podcast. The second book is Give Your Child the World, Raising Globally-Minded Kids One Book at a Time by Jamie C. Martin. And the third one is a oldie but goodie, Honey for a Child's Heart, updated and expanded by Gladys and Mark Hunt. Check out these books and resources, and I promise I'll post them in the show notes too. Now, whether you use a formal reading program or an informal one like reading aloud and engaging conversations, here are some helpful tips to helping your child get on this road to reading. Now, first of all, keep your reading lessons short. Lessons should be no more than 15 to 20 minutes a day at most, and even shorter if that's what your child needs. I know, it sounds crazy, right? But if you're reading aloud to your child every day for at least 20 minutes, and then working with her one-on-one with her on phonics and reading skills for another 20 minutes, then you're doing quite a lot. second, speaking of 20 minutes, Try using the 20-20-20 lesson format. Now, for 20 minutes, you do a formal reading lesson of some kind. Then for the next 20 minutes, you play a fun reading, spelling, or vocabulary game to reinforce the skills your child is being taught. Then take a 20-minute break before moving on to the next subject. Movement activates the brain, and for many kids, it helps solidify their new skills too. And then third, don't be afraid to set formal reading lessons aside for a season. There are times when your child will hit a plateau or even hit a wall. You may feel or see them getting frustrated. And it's okay to set aside a lesson for a day or even for a few days if your child needs a break. Actually, I wholeheartedly recommend it your child just may not be mentally, physically, or emotionally ready for what you're trying to teach them. Sometimes, putting formal reading lessons aside for a few months will give your child a chance to chew on the new skills that he's learned. Think of it as a time to marinate. Without the added pressure of, honey, sound this out, or don't forget, I before E, except after C, (laughs) a child's mind has the freedom to open up, loosen up, and soak in all of the stuff you've been trying to teach them. And during this week or month or even season of marinating, your child may figure out on his own how to use some of the things he couldn't do before. Learning to read doesn't need to bring them or you to tears. Learning to read isn't a race. And unlike traditional schools, you have the luxury of taking your time when teaching your child to read at home. You can take as much time as you need so you can take a break if necessary now let's talk about the nitty-gritty let's get to some fun simple and inexpensive ways to actually teach reading skills now first you don't need a fancy curriculum although there are some really great ones out there which i will share with you a bit later You can, though, teach your child to read using simple, stick-in-the-mud kinds of literacy and reading activities. Now, here's a list of some of the basic supplies that we used all the time and that I actually got from the dollar store. I always had on hand index cards, white and colored. I had tons of Play-Doh and all kinds of it and all colors. I always have on hand Post-its, all colors and sizes, little mini whiteboards, plastic bins, and I would fill them with flour and sand and sugar and a bin with whipping cream and a bin with cornmeal, really bins with anything with a unique texture. And I always had a bin with ivory soap that I exploded in the microwave. Yeah, you heard that right. This stuff is the bomb, but it only works with ivory soap. You put a bar of ivory soap in the microwave for about 30 seconds to a minute. It will explode into this heavenly white fluff that not only feels awesome, but it smells so fresh too. Anyway, I would blow that up one day in the microwave and put it in our little bin. Also, I had tons of ABC letter cookie cutters. And then of course, those magnetic letters or little Scrabble tiles from our old Scrabble game or Bananagram game. Now, Don't forget to keep reading aloud to your kiddos. But when you do do some formal lessons, start with the letters, of course. Help your child learn his letters and the unique sounds that they make. Learning to read is a lot like learning to talk. Our kids heard us talking to them Then they experimented with their own sounds and then they began to connect sounds to words and then words to physical things. And then finally, they began to recognize and write these words down. With reading, always start with hearing and listening first. That is why reading aloud is so vital and important. Then start with those letters. Help them connect what each letter looks like to the sounds that they make. And you've probably been doing this since they started talking but keep doing it, but now just be more intentional about it. Now, here's another really great activity. Have your kiddos write letters in the air. Air writing or sky writing, as it's called sometimes, is when a child writes the letters in the air using big arm movements. And as they do this, they also verbalize or speak out loud the letter or the sound that it makes or if they're air writing spelling words, then they say the letters as they air write them. Air writing helps children remember letter formation, which cements that motion memory, which is very different than visual memory of what the letters look like. This really helped my son who has dyslexia, dysgraphia, and a visual processing disorder. Then write letters and words in different kinds of textures. So get those bins I was telling you about from the dollar store. And each day, fill it with something different. So one day you're going to fill it with flour, or another day you fill it with sugar, or another day you fill it with cornmeal, or one day you fill it with colorful sand or whipping cream or that ivory soap fluff that I told you about earlier. And as they practice writing their letters or their sight words or their spelling words, have them quote unquote write it in the texture with their fingers. Again, this helps stimulate a different part of the brain, and children who learn best with movement or with tactile stimulation will remember their letters and sounds and words better if they spend time each day or each week writing in different kinds of textures with their fingers. Now, Play-Doh is another simple material to use to teach letters, sounds, and words, and you can use the Play-Doh in different ways, too. After rolling it out, children can use alphabet cookie cutters to cut out different letters or words and then arrange them. Children can also roll and coil the Play-Doh like little snakes and then create letters or words this way too. And this is a really fun way to learn cursive writing and how to read cursive writing. Another super simple activity to do with Play-Doh is to get a little mallet or a wooden stamper. And then you write different letters of the alphabet that your child's working on, on a whiteboard or on a laminated sheet of paper. Then give them a sound like A and ask them to put a small ball of Play-Doh on the correct letter that makes that sound. And then to smash the Play-Doh down on the letter A. Kids love to smash Play-Doh. Or go ahead and invest in some alphabet stamps and give your child different letters to write or words to spell with them. After rolling out some colorful Play-Doh, they use the different letter stamps to spell the words in the Play-Doh that correspond with the sounds given or the words given. Then, do some tracing letters on laminated sheets of paper, or even better, just put some plain paper inside of sheet protectors. This is great practice and great muscle memory exercises. Using dry erase markers, trace the letters or the words. Or you can spend some money buying those fancy tracing cards or laminated workbooks if you'd like. But my favorite is the old-fashioned magnetic ABC letters. We did so much of our ABCs and word studies with our magnetic whiteboard and our magnetic letters. My son also learned much faster when we started using Scrabble and Bananagram tiles to sound out and spell out words. Like the magnetic letters, he could easily move the letter tiles to create rhyming words, or if I dictated different sight words to him, he could easily move the tiles around to spell them. And don't forget about using chalk outside on the sidewalk and sticks, stones, and little treasures you find outside to create letters or just to write words in the dirt. Index cards, however, were my go-to for just about everything. As we learn different words or phonetic rules or word families, I would write those words on index cards, one word per card, and I would keep them in a plastic box. If the word could be sounded out, I wrote the word in black on an index card. Now, if the word was a sight word and it couldn't be sounded out, it was a word that they just had to memorize, I wrote that word in red ink on an index card. This alerted my kids right away when they saw that particular word that it was a sight word that was stored somewhere in their memory bank and that they couldn't sound it out. If we could, we also drew a little hint somewhere on the card to help the kids remember something unique about the word or how it was spelled. Then I would use these word cards to play different games. Sometimes I would even make pairs of the words, so I would have two index cards with the word the on it, and two index cards with the word house on it. You get the idea. And then, using our pair of sight words, or pair of uh, words that we were learning, we would play games with the index cards, such as go fish, old maid, and even memory. I would also write short, easy words or short commands on different colored index cards, My kids would take turns turning over a card, reading the word or the command, and then they would act it out. And some of these words were super simple, like hop, run, and jump, while others were longer, like hop on one foot, smile at mom, hoot like an owl, just simple commands like that. Then I would send my kids once a week on a treasure hunt using clues that I wrote on different index cards. At breakfast, they would get their first clue. And on the index card, it might say something simple like, look under mom's bed. Then after they checked under my bed, they would find another index card with a clue. The treasure hunt would go on like this for six or seven clues. The last clue or the last index card always led them to some kind of treasure. And it was something simple and cheap like a new box of crayons or some slime or a pack of baseball cards. You know, simple things like that. We used our big whiteboard and our little mini whiteboards we got from the dollar store all the time as well. On our big whiteboard, I always had important words on it like the month, the day, Bible verse we were learning, and the subjects that we were learning. Sometimes their chores or our daily to-do list was written on the whiteboard. Really, anything that was important that I wanted them to practice seeing, reading, and spelling, I wrote these on our big whiteboard and kept it there. I often even wrote little love messages to the kids on the boards, too. When the kids were little, we also focused on a letter of the week. The first week of school was always A, and I tried to connect everything we did that week to the letter A and that the sounds that A make, A, A, and U. Uh. We would focus on an animal that started with A, like ant, or something or someone in the Bible that started with a A, like Adam or the ark. We would learn everything we could about ants. We would read books about ants, write stories about ants. We would observe them. And we would also learn as much as we could about the biblical person or the event that started with A. Then I would try to find a verse that started with A to memorize and to copy, or a Bible verse that went with the animal or the biblical person we were learning about. They would copy the verse each day, they would read it each day, and they would try to memorize it. When teaching your child to read, start with simple, easy-to-read books. Some of our favorites were the cute little red bob books, all of Dr. Seuss's books, and easy readers like Frog and Toad, Henry and Mudge, and Poppleton. Don't forget about using simple poetry and nursery rhymes too. Those are great, easy reading sources. Remember, the goal of reading is to comprehend and understand what's being read. Again, You don't need fancy comprehension workbooks. After you read, engage in conversations with your children about what was read. Ask thought-provoking and open-ended questions about the story, the information, or the characters. Use narration as a way to glean what your child heard, remembered, and understood. Comprehension worksheets really aren't needed or necessary when you engage in open-ended conversations about books. Now, if you're looking for a formal reading or spelling program, here are a few of our favorites. There's Wild Reading by Wild Learning and Rachel Tidd. There's also All About Reading and All About Spelling programs. I Love Phonics Pathways by Dolores Hisk. My Father's World Kindergarten and their first grade curriculum are fabulous. Five-in-a-row curriculum is absolutely wonderful. And Sunlight also has I Can Read It books. You can find those on their website too. And then if you're using online stuff, Reading Eggs and Hooked on Phonics are awesome as well. And don't worry, I'll have these listed in the show notes as well. Now, if you're looking for ideas on how to teach writing, check out Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast episodes number 20, 62, and 63. Episode number 20 is called Writing Lessons, You Can Do It. And episodes number 62 and 63 are called Creative Writing Toolbox, Part 1 and 2. And if you have a teen or a high schooler, make sure you subscribe to Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast, because in a few weeks, I'm going to be dropping an episode on how to plan and teach high school writing, composition, and literature. You certainly don't want to miss that one if you have a teen. So let me remind you and reassure you one more time, your child will learn to read. And remember, there's no magic age or one perfect method or one perfect curriculum. Now, I hope the suggestions in this episode help you, whether you use them as your complete reading program or if you use them to supplement whatever you're already using. Don't forget the three components to helping your child get on this road to reading Or first, read aloud to your kiddos. Two, continue to have amazing conversations with them. And three, and most importantly, be patient. Sometimes the road to reading is a bit bumpy, but even with a few or a lot of detours, your child will successfully drive on this road to reading. Thank you for hanging out with me and for joining me for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our new and improved website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, coffee with Consultant. Don't forget to check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. If you're new to homeschooling or you're looking for ways to simplify and streamline your homeschooling, this is the perfect book to read. Now, if you heard something you liked, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week, or with a homeschooling friend who's looking for ways to teach their child to read. If you suspect your child might have some kind of reading disability, then check out episode number 75, Homeschooling with Dyslexia. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, book, and Homeschool Mom Ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, Homeschooling Consulting Services, our podcast, and my book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. And see you next time.